0: Get Do you think we can get our book club to read Prague Sonata? That's the most important thing.
1: Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. And then I could be like an advisor. I could explain the bits that people might not understand.
0: Hello. Welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Mayer, and today I'm joined by my friend Cynthia Friesen, who's a music teacher, and uh, most importantly, she's a member of my book club. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. And um, first of all, she is she studied at the Royal Conservatory in Toronto where she studied voice and piano. She's worked professionally in radio and television. And she currently um, is a music teacher where she directs the choral programs at St. James Music Academy. And she's also a music facilitator with the BC Brain Wellness Program in Vancouver. And I've talked to her at length, and actually, I'm I'm really grateful to Cynthia because I have to say, just about everybody I've had on this podcast, I've had to wrangle them on the podcast in some way, except for Jeff and Cynthia, who were keen from the beginning to kind of help me get started and um, do what they could, and of course, it is no surprise that Cynthia really wanted to talk about music, so I'm going to lean on her a lot today because I don't know, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, music isn't totally my jam, but I'm open to it, and I want to learn more. So, um, But the first thing, so we're going to talk about two books today. We're going to talk about um, the historical fiction novel, The Prague Sonata by Bradford Morrow, and then we're also going to talk about a collection of music stories um, called The Awesome Music Project Canada. Uh, songs of Hope and Happiness. But before we get started, before we get into the books, um, I actually have Cynthia with me right now. We're going to talk about a couple of things that I'm reading and um, an app that Cynthia really likes. So uh, first I wanted to welcome Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Hey, hey! so good to be here. Thanks for joining. Um, so uh, the first thing I want to talk about is our current book club selection, which is um, in honor of Beverly Cleary, who recently passed away. Um, we had decided to read a book in her honor. And we are currently reading Ramona and Her Father by Beverly Cleary. And um, I'm really enjoying it. I, I knew that I would. Uh, enjoy it for the nostalgia piece but it's fun to look at it through adult eyes and uh, pick up different things and I'm wondering Cynthia what do you think of it?
1: I thought exactly the same thing I found myself kind of remembering the bits of Ramona and her father that really resonated with you know with nine ten year old me like my own father was trying to quit smoking when I was that age. And I remember all those little thank you for not smoking stickers around our house that were from the Heart and Stroke Foundation. And Ramona, you know, she just takes things into her own hands. She literally just takes her father's pack of cigarettes. And I remember thinking, yeah, I guess I could do that too. But now, aren't you also kind of looking at it through your adult eyes? And and there are parts in the book where... I guess it's Beezus, her sister is writing this creative writing project and she's really nervous about it. And Ramona just takes her hand through it and, and it's just like, yes, we're going to go talk to the neighbor. And, and then with her friend, like she's just making tin can stilts and she's yeah, like, remember, right? remember that part? All the worries in her life go away because she's making music and she's like, she feels joy. And that just—I mean—that never struck me as as a young reader, but boy, now it really resonates.
0: Yeah, I really like how it. Um, just as an adult reading it, I like how each chapter is a little escapade. I think maybe if it wasn't like that, it might lose my interest. And and I like how um, you know there are people that are bad, and they're but at the at the end of the day, there's there's that umbrella of love. But they get into trouble, and it it takes. It takes young people's problems seriously, which I think as an adult, we don't always do, particularly if it's like what we can see now, a minor thing. Like
1: So true. And I, I think thought. Beverly cleary that was her gift, right? Like she really, it was real people, real problems. And so you could kind of get lost in that. And And I just really enjoyed rereading it. It was a great idea.
0: It's fun. Um, Okay, so the second thing, um, Cynthia has an app that she tells me is going to calm me down and help me sleep. So tell me more.
1: I am totally excited about this. I actually even leaned in
0: on it this morning. I felt. One of Cynthia's favorite phrases, by the way. (laughs) Lean in. (laughs) Lean in. But I
1: was just, I was like, okay, I want focus. I want to be, I want to be energized for today. And so I just, what you do is you. What's the app? What's
0: the app called?
1: uh -uh. It's called Vibe. It's by the Lucid Project. Mm -hmm. And the reason I found out about it is because my oldest daughter's partner, he knows the work that I do in the spheres of um, music wellness. And he's like, you know, I've got this childhood friend who's an advisor, a scientific advisor for this new app. And so I've been involved literally since the beta phases. They they let me be a part of it kind of as someone to give them feedback. But if you um, go into the app, the first page you see are, um, different emotional or mood goals that you might have. Like you would like to sleep better or you'd like to be calmed or you'd like to be energized or focused. And then you identify how you currently feel. And it takes you on this. You can choose immersive or, um, you can choose wander, which kind of like you're busy doing other things, but, sometimes immersive I love because you just close your eyes and you can choose four to eight minutes. It doesn't have to be a big time commitment, but the app will find and choose music that really kind of guides you from your, the the emotional state you're in to the one you want to be in. And there's a lot of science that goes into it. Uh, There's a lot of research in this realm right now. So I just think it is incredibly current and yeah, I, I use it often, so I recommend it highly. Okay. Vibe by Lucid Project.
0: I'll check that out. Um, okay, so let's get to the books. And the first book we're going to talk about is The Prague Sonata by Bradford Morrow. And um, Cynthia, why don't you tell us what this is about? Um, there is
1: such hope in a search, right? This book is all about a search to bring together three movements of a sonata which were separated during the Second World War. In order to protect it, uh, one of the main characters decides that she's going to give one movement to her boyfriend of the time, one movement to her best friend of the time, and keep one herself, and then hope that the universe would allow those to come together again one day on the other side of the war. The book really takes you through a lot of political turmoil in the 20th century. Um, the one woman, Olten V, she actually inherits the entire manuscript from her father who fought in the first world war. And so she was left an orphan. And really this manuscript was the one thing she had. Um, I'm not going to tell you who they determine to be the composer, but that's a big mystery piece that weaves throughout the entire novel. And there's just, there is hope and resilience for the main characters as they truly find themselves as they find the movements of the sonata.
0: I, I was kind of um, chuckling a little bit as I got into the book because I just thought this is so you on every level. This book just, you know, it's, it's um, of course, music's the centerpiece Um, it's intellectual. It's there's a little bit of a love story. It's academic, there's history and meaning, and it can be a little bit, a little tiny bit flair for the dramatic and a little bit. And I just, I just could see, I can totally see why, um this spoke to you and um one of the did I tell you how it came to be in my hands Amy no I'm curious curious
1: so so a dear friend actually someone you know um you're very good friends with her sister so my friend Alex um she bought it because she has always wanted to travel to Prague and um and we often meet for walks and she happened to have it in her car one day when she drove to meet me and uh, for a walk with her dog. And so she was like, I'm loving this. You are going to love it. When I'm finished, you can, you can borrow it. And, um, and then she also did say that there's quite a bit of musical theory that is woven into the novel. This author knows his theory. Um, so yeah, so I've just, it's, I can't say enough about it.
0: Um, you know what I thought was interesting. So I want um, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Is that I, I saw this. It's interesting. It it's very very much a historical novel. So for those of you who do enjoy that, and and of course World War Two right now, people can't get enough of that. Um, but I really saw it as um, an academic thriller, which is I don't know if that's exactly a genre, but it's it, it's a bit of a genre because it there's the rarefied world of academia, um, and the kind of cloistered atmosphere, high pressure world. There's rivals, um, it can be quite specific, and it reminded me a little bit of a literary Da Vinci Code. I don't know how you, if you, I like, yes. if you see. Asking. And I, I, I thought that, and then the book that it really reminded me of, I don't know if you've read um, Possession by A.S. Byatt, um, but nope. you, I'd put that on your list. It's, it's from 1990 and it won the Booker Prize and it's about a pair of young scholars researching the lives of two Victorian poets. And it's the same idea. It's it's an extravagant novel. It's It's a novel to get lost in. And it's got historical fiction, and then there's academic rivals, and there's a race to kind of figure out, untangle a mystery. And that, I thought, kind of, um, um, it reminded me of that. But the other thing I wanted to recommend is a book that's just come out May 11th, um, and it was on my list of kind of things I'm hoping to get to this summer. But it's called The Plot by Jean Hanth Corlitz, and what it's about is um, it's about a novelist who works at a, he's kind of a failed novelist, and he works at a third-rate MFA program. And he's got this kind of cocky student um, who says, I've got a sure th- thing for a book. And um, the student ends up dying, and this guy steals the book idea. Wow. And he goes ahead and publishes it, and it's very popular. And then one day he gets an email, something like, I know what you've done. So it's it's this kind of uh, it's the same. I, I and this author wrote the book that was the basis for um, the Nicole Kidman um, show, The Undoing, on HBO, yeah,
1: which I watched because you recommended.
0: And that, and then also the book Mission that became a movie.
1: I I love this idea of the academic thriller because definitely the main character, Meta, she is a musicologist because she had a hand injury that didn't allow her to um, pursue her career as a performer. So she gets into the academic world and then there's even some, some, you know, there's like this fight for the manuscript amongst academics that she thought she could trust right. Um, right but there are just some incredible for people who are musicians and you kind of have the understanding of music I'm going to read this one thing to you because this book is like life music is life but music as math music as imagination there's so much in it but this one sentence here where um, she connects with uh, a character who brings her a uh, the second movement okay the second movement of the sonata. and uh, he's an older man and you can just see the the relief you can feel the relief that he's been able to finally not have to be hiding this manuscript anymore of the second movement and so Meta writes she hopes that keeping his promise to Jacob Bartos would allow the sonata of his own life to resolve at least into a tonic, minor and for people who are not musical a tonic minor isn't going to mean a whole lot but a tonic minor is it's a resolution but not with full satisfaction so you've got where um, you've got a major key i'm going to play you c major and then if you go into the tonic minor that's the tonic minor of C major, and so there's often in music that that movement between the tonic a major key and the tonic minor, and it doesn't fully resolve. It's not fully satisfying, but it is somewhat of a resolution.
0: So it's like a middle place, kind of. Yeah. A
1: yeah. Like they're very related, but you know we all love our major keys, right? The minor keys have a darker aspect to them. Anyway, it's it's things like that that this author just gets, which are fantastic.
0: It's interesting because I I looked up this guy and he's written a lot of books that are just really involved and historical and and I don't think he's a musician. I I, I tried to find out if he was as well. I don't think he, he is. is. I don't think he is, but he must
1: have some musical training.
0: It's um. Anyway, or I thought I thought it was good. It was um. I think it's for someone who wants like an involved, um, get lost in novel. Yes. I don't think
1: I would have enjoyed it as much if I didn't start it right after I fractured my own wrist in February and I had a lot of time on my hands, right? I was involved. Because I wasn't able to, I mean, and still playing music is a real challenge for me at this point. Um, So this book, I think was, yeah, it was a real hopeful novel to dive into. Let's
0: move to the second um, book. And this is a book that you put forth and tell us about it. It's called The Awesome Music Project Canada, Songs of Hope and Happiness.
1: Yeah. So this is a book that is a real tribute to how music can comfort and heal us. Uh, Like you said, it's a collection of stories and mostly by very well-known Canadians. Some are musicians, some are authors, and some are public figures like Rick Mercer is in here, Um, Chris Hatfield, the astronaut, is in here. Contributors reflect on how music has been an impact on themselves in their lives. I came across it because uh, with St. James Music Academy, we had an opportunity to uh, be involved in a in an initiative called Music Heals, and they raise an incredible amount of funds for for music therapy initiatives in Vancouver. Um, And so Fred Penner was coming as the highlight performer for this fundraiser. And uh, one of my ensembles at St. James was asked to sing with him. So that was how I I kind of wanted to, I mean, I knew a lot about Fred. Most Canadians do. He has this incredible, the cat came back the very next day. So that's a popular song for a lot of us when we were kids. Um, But I didn't know his whole story and his Um, His excerpt in here is about how he actually studied to be an economist, but uh, his sister had Down syndrome and she had heart complications with Down syndrome and she passed on at the age of 12. One of the things he remembered so much about his sister Susie was the power of music in her life. And she would listen to the soundtrack from West Side Story over and over and over again. She knew all the words. And she couldn't exactly express them towards the end. She was just grunting, but she felt them. And he could see the emotional impact of the music. Uh, slight tangent, but did you hear that West Side Story, Steven Spielberg has um, directed a, a new movie version of this and it's coming out at Christmas? No. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to that. But so Fred realized that he could he can make a difference in people's lives by writing songs and performing. And he's like a Canadian troubadour. So love his story. Uh, Did you know him? Did you know of him, Amy, before I?
0: I didn't know him before I moved here. Okay. mm -mm. Okay. But Um, can I share one more from, from the,
1: yeah, Sure. Okay, great. Um, Madeline Tyne, so Canadian author. Um, she's a professor of literature, actually, as well. Our book club, early on, we read Do Not Say We Have Nothing. Uh, and I was really drawn into her story in this collection about the impact of Glenn Gould's recording of box Goldberg variations. So it's written for piano box Goldberg variations and my daughter Charlotte actually gifted me um, a very old portfolio of the Goldberg variations at Christmas time and I was working my way through it before I uh, before I injured my hand so I'll okay get back. so
0: what explain what the Goldberg variations are sorry. I don't know oh
1: <laughs> it's it, it's it's a series of variations on a musical motif that presents in a number of different ways so I highly recommend you Glenn Gould I mean it, his recording is truly iconic uh, so look that up and and just allow okay. yourself to listen to it when you're not when you're not doing a bunch of other things like when you have time to just
0: even maybe before you try and fall sleeping,
1: I I would uh, I mean a well, couple how of. How do I
0: decide between should I do that or listen to the vibe app? How do I decide?
1: Uh, no, start with vibe. Start okay. with vibe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh or if you're on a road trip, you could listen to Goldberg variations because you okay. know if you're just on a long road because there's the, the nuance. Well Bach is a genius, right? Um anyway, but but Madeline uh her novels are often set in dark spaces and so she she really kind of pulls out the emotions that she feels in the listening experience with the Goldberg variations and she herself was suffering from some mental health challenges when she was doing her book research in Cambodia.
0: Um, and she just found these.
1: Oh, Lordy.
0: That's okay. It's a so podcast. Just, Those things are allowed right. to happen. Okay.
1: All right. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. I'm going to read to you, love, um, Madeline Tyne, And she is an author. So let's Just say her words are far more expressive than how I could try to describe this. Uh, So here we go. Uh, As I came to the bridges, Glenn Gould's 1955 recording of Bach's Goldberg Variations began playing through my headphones. I passed beneath these bridges in Cambodia that led to nowhere. The opening aria, Haunting and Simple, passed through me. And from this aria, Bach builds his Variations – A handful of notes, initially played by the left hand, which I can still do right now, um, are reworked into a series of 30 variations and canons, as if a strand of DNA is living out its permutations. These unfolding variations elicit joy, playfulness, grief, lightness, devastation, wonder, and more, a universe of feelings for which we have no names.
0: Oh, wow. That's powerful
1: it really is powerful. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's more and more research that is going into the, the brain benefits for, wow, this is just like a happening place here. The phone and the, uh, that's the door. A neighbor at the door. (laughs) Um, But, uh, the, the power of, uh, the, the, what happens in your brain, you don't have to be someone who plays an instrument. You don't have to be someone who knows how to sing. Even in the listening, you are able to really do incredible benefits for your brain. And you take that time to breathe and bring focus and calm your nervous system. So anyway, I could go on and on.
0: That's great. Well, I think that's good. And you've given us so much to think about, Cynthia. Do you think we can get our book club to read Prague Sonata? That's the most important thing.
1: Oh Yes, please. Yes, please. And then I could be like an advisor. I could explain the bits that people might not understand. Um, but it really, truly, like the mathematician in our book club, she will love a lot of this. Um, the imaginative, more creative. Like we, everyone could find something in here, I think
0: have to just add when we have book club um cynthia usually comes in full like like if we're reading a book involves france like she might have a baguette and like a beret and like have a special drink and that may have actually happened like it's like always she loves to come like bring us create an immersive experience for whatever book we're reading and yes. so I'm sure that Girl. if we can convince them to do this, maybe you can do like a little concert for us.
1: You know what? Yeah. yeah. And I could I could play something by the composer <laughs> who they determine by the end of the book, uh, who they think that uh, this mystery sonata was written by. Okay.
0: All right. So, we'll 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 uh, if the, if the book clubs listening now, they can take that into consideration. We keep up. We keep saying we're going to meet and we don't meet. I almost feel it's like we're just trying to say we're thinking of each other. Like we we, it just doesn't. It's not happening for obvious reasons. But um, we keep thinking.
1: And, and I think we're, we're doing too. the right.
0: We're doing the right thing. Anyway, so hopefully that will be changing shortly. But um, the book club has been fun, even though we don't seem to get together. We do text and talk about stuff, often not book related, which is actually what I think, especially as we age, what really a book club is for, which is a support group. Which is why we're. Well,
1: our fabulous hashtag, right? More than a book club. Like, we exchange recipes, and we've been to hear Oprah, and we've gone cross country skiing. Like, we. Anyway, I'm ever grateful for you ladies and that I was invited to be part of it all.
0: Thank you so much to Cynthia for joining today. And I'm going to check out that Vibe app. I think it can be a great addition to my bedtime routine. And I want to invite you back in another week to join me in my conversation with Miriam Boger. She's my friend. She's an editor. And she's also... Uh, French is her first language. And so I've invited her to talk about a great book that I've read um, that was translated from French to English. And I have some questions for her. And the book is called Men the Living by Mélise de Keringel. I'm sure I pronounced the name wrong, uh, but she can fill us in when she stops by. And also, she's going to talk about a book that she really enjoyed that divided up her book club, and it's uh, a book by Ian McEwen that I've never heard of. It's called Machines Like Me, and it's sci-fi. And uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm wrapping up my first season in a few weeks, take a hiatus over the summer and I'll be back in the fall and our last few episodes I think are pretty exciting. We have Miriam coming up and then back by popular demand in early June uh, book blogger Susan Matheson with Bedside Table Books is going to be back to do a summer preview of books to read this summer and then our final episode of the season I'm going to have uh, Bethany's selling author Danny Calla on to talk about his new book. It's a medical thriller called um, The Last Immunity. So thank you so much. Um, the season has been so much fun and I've really enjoyed um, and I, I can feel your presence and those of you that are tuning in, it, it means a lot. And I will talk to you later.